Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am known around these parts as your mayor of PHNX. This guy, he's called the vice mayor, but he really doesn't back me up like he should. It's the Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Do people really like Tucson? This is fucking crazy talk. <laughs> We've been sitting here listening to Tucson being the greatest city in the world by more than one person in our office. And I swear to God. I've had to check if my nose was bleeding like three times because I feel like my brain is melting right now. They were talking about it having more culture than Phoenix and better food. Oh, that's a fact. In what fucking universe? Uh, I don't even understand. What's the one that we now. live in, Derek. Oh the one that we God. live in oh. on this planet. Anyway, welcome in. Uh, yeah, the show. entire universe is covered in the Avnet logo. Yeah, actually. yeah. this is the alternate reality <laughs> where Avnet controls everything, obviously. But uh, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. America's top-rated sportsbook app. Make sure to check them out and use our code PHNX if you're a new customer. Well, we have some fun dates to look forward to as well as uh, we are going to be ranking the NL West and how they did on their off-season acquisitions. But uh, first, we have some MLB uh, fun things coming up. We're excited. We can't wait. Uh, 11 more days until our return to Salt River Field. So we'll be out there uh, on the— It's on actually 11 more days because we have our did little— Did I not just say little, 11 uh, days? Uh, did you say 12 days? Did I say 12 days? One of us looks days. really dumb right now. Bro, I'm wanna, oh man, all right. Well, <laughs> we're going to have to listen back and to find out. I don't, I don't this, think Damon knows either. Yeah, um, no, no one's paying attention. <laughs> yes, we are going to be back at Salt River Fields on, uh, what is this? This is great. Gabriel, no, not you too. Uh, no, that is not fucking true. Pollo Supremo in fucking Tempe is incredible. Don't even get me started on this. I will get on my soapbox right now, but... Uh, Valentine's Day. Jesse and I are going to be spending together, of course. <laughs> That's the best way that we want to spend it. Uh, out at Salt River Fields, we're going to be having demonstrations of the new rules. And I can't wait to see whatever the hell this is going to be. I really hope Rob Manfred is out there with a glove showing us the defensive <laughs> restrictions uh, on the shift. Yeah, Rob Manfred has to be doing all of the demonstrations at the same time. He has to be he has to be playing the role of the pitcher. Yes, to oh, be the that'd infielders. Be that'd be great. That would uh, totally be worth the price of admission. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he even has to uh, like s- somehow portray the bigger bases. He slides into them. Steal- he, he, he steals a base. He steals second. Okay. And he shows how All right. uh, the, there's less collision. I was wondering if there'd be a situation where he could like embody the bigger bases. But I I, I guess I'm, I'm sort of at a dead are end you, for how that would happen. Are you suggesting that maybe he comes out in like a mascot <laughs> outfit? Like wearing a costume? 
That's the bigger base? I think that'd be great. Uh, I, I've heard the base is big. I'm not sure if it's big enough oh, to man. like cover an entire grown human, but uh, but I don't know. And then he makes our friend Tori trot out there in the smaller base so that you can see that like by comparison what the two bases look like. Yeah. Mascot <laughs> outfits. Uh, speaking of Tori, by the way, we want to give a shout out uh, to our friend Tori Labolo for uh, joining us yesterday. And of course... We very much enjoyed being around him again, uh, even the, with the technical difficulties. But anything, anything you took away, particularly Jesse, from that interview, uh, I, I learned, <laughs> I learned from you and several other people that apparently <laughs> I called him ugly on yesterday's show. You kind of did. You kind of did. I absolutely was not leaning in that direction. <laughs> Actually, I thought Tori Lavallo was saying that he should be ranked higher than third. Uh, so that's why I kind of leaned into it, and instead, it sounded a little bit more like this. Can we take a look at that clip from yesterday? Tori, according to an article from gambling.com, they used an app called the Golden Ratio Face app to rank the most handsome managers in all of MLB. And you were ranked third. Your thoughts? (laughs) Look at this guy. Are you kidding me? They must have been blind. I don't know what's going on. Uh, That's what we said. But... I will, I'll take anything I can get these days, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think my wife is the only person that feels like they got it right. And I'm thankful right. for yeah. that, but we, yeah. um, <laughs> those, those things crack me up. Did I, did I really do you that? Absolutely I, really did. Did that. I, yeah. I thought he was saying he should have been ranked higher, which is what mm. we felt. We <laughs> said he is the most handsome manager, obviously behind Gabe Kapler, because nobody's going to beat out Gabe Kapler. For first, right? Right. Gabe right, Kapler, who got the most shade thrown at him with that whole entire ordeal. But uh, yeah, basically, what happened is Tori Lavello, you know, he takes off his cap and he's mm-hmm. like, I don't know where they're coming from with me being third. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, that's what we thought too. Yeah. We don't think yeah. you should be third. Yeah. <laughs> Way too high. Way too high. Uh, Fortunately, yeah. Tori's a good guy, and I don't think he's going to hold this against yeah, you, I Derek. I hope but, he didn't catch that. That's uh, all I don't I'm know. hoping for. But who knows? <laughs> uh, we will see him out at Salt River Field, so maybe he'll have a chance to uh, comment further on that. But uh, taking a look at some of the key dates that uh, Major League Baseball has, of course, the season is now set. Uh, it's set in stone. Nothing can, nothing, no lockouts, no pandemics can interrupt it now at this point. But uh, of course, there are some fun dates to look at, including the All Star Game, uh, the last. Game of the season will be on October 1st. We're getting back to that where we actually uh, end the season uh, before October. So that's kind of nice. Uh, one big date, though, for us here in Phoenix is that the MLB Draft Combine is going to be held at Chase Field this year uh, from June 20th to June 25th. And I've had a lot of people ask me, MLB holds a draft combine? And yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Believe it or not. And we are going to be covering it. So what are your thoughts on uh, getting out there to see the young guys kind of impress and show off what they can do it should be a lot of fun i think it's basically the top 300 give or take draft prospects will be will be out there kind of showing off what they can do so unfortunately i don't believe this will be an event that fans can attend i think it's more so you know mlb network is out there they're going to have um extensive coverage of this event out at chase field Hopefully, we'll be out there as well. Yep. Uh, maybe we can do a show from there. That would be a lot of fun if we're able to, to swing that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just another event that is happening at Chase Field, which this year there's kind of a lot of them, right? The World Baseball Classic, of course, coming to Arizona here uh, in just a little bit over a month, and then another big event happening uh, in the middle of the summer. So I don't know how Chase Field got selected for this exactly, 
Um, but I mean, from from the Diamondback standpoint, there's there's certainly nothing bad that can come out of this. It what do can you mean? Really, how, only be a good thing. What do you mean? How did Chase Field get this? Everybody knows that Phoenix is beautiful in late June, Jesse. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just around 110 around these parts around that time. Of the well, year, they but. didn't they didn't hold it in Tucson, Damon. That's right. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> they're not opting for it in Tucson. So, <laughs> what does that say about your precious city? Uh, anyway. <laughs> The combine, actually, uh, the reason why a lot of people probably haven't heard of it is actually something that has just kind of caught on over the last few years. Actually, in 2021, uh, they saw a, uh, or from 2021 to last year, they saw a 46% increase in attendance uh, by young players, I should say. And this year, more than 300 players are expected to receive an invite. So it feels like uh, it's just something that Major League Baseball really hasn't uh, ha- hasn't really done in the past, and now they're trying to focus on bringing, you know, uh, the the top top young athletes, top young baseball players in the country to one place so that they can kind of take a look at them. It makes sense. Uh, NFL does this, and it's very popular. Uh, and I feel like fans uh, look forward to to seeing stuff like this. It just helps us get to know these young players before they get drafted, and and helps to get people excited about your team acquiring one of them. I think Major League Baseball is trying to get to a place where the draft is a bigger event, right? Where it just has more clout in the sports world at large. Because as you're saying, like everyone knows about the NFL Combine, right? Right. Everyone is paying very, at least fans of, of basketball and football pay very, very close attention to the NBA draft and the NFL draft. They're very, very big sports events. Uh, the MLB draft is not viewed like that, right? It's kind of this, it's just kind of this different thing where people don't really know the players very well unless you're really, really into baseball. You probably haven't heard of just about anyone who gets taken in the MLB draft beyond maybe the first few names. I guess this last year, a lot of people you know, knew about Drew Jones just because he was uh, you know, Andrew Jones' son. But yeah, Major League Baseball is trying to make these young players, you know, get a little bit more time in the spotlight. And I think that's a really good thing for the game. So here are the important other dates besides the combine. Uh, We have the first day of spring training coming up in 21 days, Jesse, on February 24th. Uh, The Diamondbacks play their first game the following day on the 25th. Opening season is on or opening uh, day for the season is on March 30th. Jackie Robinson Day is on April 15th. We don't have to worry about that being impacted by a lockout again. Yeah, right. Uh, All-Star Week is going to take place July 9th through the 12th. Uh, We'll have the All-Star Futures game on the 9th. July 10th will be the Home Run Derby, and July 11th will be the All-Star game. Uh, And then September 15th is Roberto Clemente Day, and then the final, like I said, the final day of the season will be October 1st, which all teams have a game on that day and then that wraps up the season so uh, again i think when we asked tory yesterday about like normalcy returning to his off season yeah this this calendar feels very familiar like we're finally getting back to uh, a familiar pattern of when all of these events are going to take place and it's just kind of nice to know after two seasons of uncertainty when this stuff is actually going to occur this year yeah it's good to have a normal just like a normal build up to the season again and this off season we talked about it, you know, a couple months back. This offseason was very, very fast moving, right? A lot of the, the big name free agents, the few trades that did happen, a lot of that stuff happened early on in the offseason. 
And it sort of left us with a with kind of a lull here in in, in January. Now moving into February, yeah. there's not a lot of news that's really, really broken isn't. in the last month or so. Just a hundred top 100 prospects list. Yeah, that's right. Just every is. day we get a new top 100 prospects list, and that's that's basically it, right? Um, Can we talk about MLB.com's SEO really fast? Because I have a problem with something. <laughs> MLB.com's SEO. <laughs> I mean, if we sure. have nothing to talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the fact that lately, when we've been looking up MLB news. Um, just some really, really lackluster uh, performances as far as SEO, uh, you know, search results go for MLB. Everything in lowercase, very basic title. What's going on over there? Do you guys not care about SEO anymore? Uh, is that not something <laughs> that we do anymore? I don't what know. What on earth are the, you talking about? I'm just, I, I will show you, Jesse, after the show. But they are not like when you look up MLB.com stuff, like MLB News, a lot of their article titles and stuff, which is populated by a human being, as we know here on this show, uh, just is it, it's it's. Lame. It's unprofessional. It's all lowercase. It doesn't look very good. I don't know what's happening over there, but we need to have a talk with someone <laughs> at MLB.com. Uh, they just don't know what to do because there's like no there's baseball to, news. Yeah. So there's they're, no they're baseball news They're right not even now. trying. That's what I feel like. You know what I mean? They're like, look, if there's nothing to talk about, nobody's going to be looking this stuff up anyway. But, <laughs> uh, I, I will say that there was something very exciting on there before we move along, and that was the fact that uh, they did release uh, their list of they may not be top 10 players yet, but they will be soon. And they did select Corbin Carroll as the center fielder of the future. Uh, not right not right fielder, not left fielder, center fielder of the future for the D-backs. And uh, again, it's it's very much the same, you know, accolades, a very same uh, praise that he's received a lot about his speed. I know that he's blown a lot of people away with his, uh, with especially one, just one single play on the base path last year where he reached like ludicrous speed, but... Uh, definitely uh, a lot of praise coming Carroll's way and nothing, nothing new just further confirms that many people in baseball agree that he is going to be a very special talent. One of those people is Keith Law, uh, whose top 100 prospects list came out the other day. Here we go again. Another mm-hmm. top 100 prospects list. We got, right? we got, we got 100 of them. <laughs> uh, and, and Keith is one of few evaluators who's had Corbin Carroll as his number one overall prospect in baseball. A lot of people have had uh, Gunnar Henderson from the Baltimore Orioles in that spot. But what Keith said, and this is something that I haven't heard from a lot of prospect evaluators, is he says that Corbin Carroll's power is for real. He says that he would be shocked if Corbin Carroll was a 10 to 15 home run guy, which is what a lot of people are expecting. That's a, that's what the, the primary reservation that I think a lot of people have looking at a player like Corbin Carroll. He's listed at 5'10". That's probably with cleats on, right? 165 pounds. He's a he's a pretty <laughs> slim guy, right? 22 years old. Obviously, still has some growth left ahead of him. But a lot of people are are thinking that you know Corbin Carroll's ceiling isn't quite as high because he might be like a 10, 15 homer guy. Keith Law, if you listen to the Athletic Baseball Show and what he had to say on their show yesterday, it was pretty crazy. It was like, yeah, no, Corbin Carroll's power is for real. This guy's going to hit 25 homers in the big leagues. And he said it with more confidence than I ever expected Keith Law yeah, to yeah. say about anyone, frankly. Right. So it was it was especially, pretty crazy to hear. Especially a guy like Corbin Carroll, that that has probably been one of the one areas that people haven't graded him very highly on. Right? Yeah. We know his speed is phenomenal. We know he has an incredible hit tool. We know that he is going to be a problem on the base path, in the box, and defensively. 
we just really haven't heard about him hitting a lot of dingers. And, and we, I mean, you've seen Corbin Carroll, right? Does he look like a 25 home no, run hitter? He, he really doesn't. No, you know, I, but I think he's again, jacked. I mean, for like the frame that he has, like the man is completely jacked. But it's just, I don't know. It, but again, what, what Keith was talking about in that show was you look around the game at, you know, Jose Ramirez and Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve, Mookie Betts. We've seen a lot of shorter athletes, right, come out into this league and hit 25, 30 home runs with regularity. Yeah. I still think Corbin Carroll looks a little slimmer than a lot of those guys, but he's still so young and he, you know, he still has some I, opportunity to I think grow. That's it. He's 23 years old, right? So he has the opportunity, or is he even 23? Yeah, I think, I think he's, he's 23. I think yeah, he's 22. 22. Yeah, he's I think 22. he's 22. He hasn't turned 23 yet. So I think the idea there is that there is a lot of uh, growing still for him to do as a major league player, right? And I think that when you get these young guys in, in the league, they tend to be a little bit scrawnier. And once they get into proper, like, you know, uh, physical training and, and nutrition and things like that. I think that we could see him not be as small of a player as he currently is. Right. But I really feel like the idea there is what we've seen in baseball historically. It's really about the contact you make and how well you can hit a baseball that's going to lead to even power numbers. Right. So I think yeah. Corbin Carroll is extremely good at baseball, period. And the idea <laughs> there is that, you know, his minor league season, he did hit. 24 home runs. So if you factor in the four he hit at a major league level, he had 28 last year. And that's not, you know, again, I think Keith Law is basing somewhat of it on that. And I think the rest of it is the fact that this guy just looked in a very short sample size, a very small sample size, like being an incredible baseball player already. Young guys don't look that good when they come up like, like he does, like a lot of the Diamondbacks players do. It's the reason why, Yesterday with Tori, we asked him about that and about like his coaching staff's, you know, impact on that. It really feels like there's something special they're doing that when these guys, you know, hit the field at a major league level, they're ready. And I think that, that yeah. that's a big reason why Corbin Carroll, you know, is is very appealing to a lot of, you know, analysts, a lot of MLB uh, experts that are taking a look at, you know, players and, and seeing what, you know, what what who's going to be like a special young up and comer next season. I thought it was interesting what Tori said yesterday. You know, I asked that question about Corbin Carroll, the expectations. Yes, I did break his phone yes. in the process. Yeah, I, I owe Tori Lovello a cell phone, apparently. <laughs> it was interesting what, what Tori had to say. I knew, I fully expected, you know, if I if I asked this question in a way that, that you know, how do you respond to the expectations for Corbin Carroll? These are these are pro athletes, right? Yeah. They're going to block out the noise. We know that Corbin Carroll is going to block out the noise. But but I still ask Tori, like, you know, well, what do you do to try to help a player, reg regardless of the expectations that, that might be out there? What do you do to help a player become the best that that he can be? Um, and Tori, you know, acknowledge like, yes, we understand what the expectations are for Corbin Carroll. Um, but he talked a lot about how Corbin Carroll has to earn everything that he gets in 2023 which I think is an important thing to remember because in all these conversations about prospect lists and rookie of the year expectations and all this stuff, we forget that Corbin Carroll has only played 28 games, yeah. I believe, 30 games, something like that in the big leagues. And he has to earn whatever role he gets, right, coming into the regular season. So I don't think there's any guarantees for Corbin Carroll. I expect that he will earn you know, the, the, whatever role can be out there for him, most likely, um, 
a starting outfielder. I, I don't know if he'd necessarily play center field, although he certainly could. Uh, but he has a lot of things uh, ahead of him in terms of what he has to do uh, to try to earn those roles. And the D-backs aren't just going to hand that to him. None of it matters, Jesse, because Chase Field has been completely engulfed by the Avnet logo at this point. And it's true. Most of the world, I think, is is kind of covered up by it. We're probably not <laughs> even going to have a, a season, so I don't know why we're talking about Gates <laughs> and Corbin Carroll next year. But, of course, uh, in the meantime, there's still time for you guys to go out and grab yourself your favorite beer from Four Peaks Brewing Company. If the world's going to end thanks to a giant patch on the Diamondback sleeve, then, you know, End it in style with some great beers from Four Peaks. Uh, they have their new beer, Recreational Juice Dank IPA, which I very much enjoy and is now only available in bottles, uh, and their Staycation Super Juicy IPA. So make sure to stop by their 8th Street Pub, picks them up for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is right around the corner, so enjoy a nice Four Peaks beverage during the game. Or stop by their 8th Street Pub on Sunday and watch the game there. It's a great place with great food to enjoy a game like that. Have your friends come through. Uh, and of course, make sure to uh, tell them PHNX sent you. We always love uh, letting them know how how much our partner or our our members love them. Uh, and also, speaking of that, make sure to sign up for the Underdog Fantasy app if you haven't done so already. Underdog Fantasy is all about making your sports watching experience more fun. Uh, do daily fantasy sports differently with the Underdog app. Grab five of your friends, draft some teams for a one day kind of deal, and then whoever. Uh, scores the most fantasy points, wins some cold hard cash. You can draft up to six NBA players with no positional limits, and that's it. Whoever wins, uh, scores the most points, wins. So, of course, like I said, there's no place that makes fantasy uh, fantasy better than uh, the underdog fantasy app. Be an overdog and and ride with us on pitch counts this year because that's what we're doing. Right to right to easy money uh, with the pitch counts on MLB. Uh, it's this easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with our promo code of PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Jesse, how has your, how's your offseason been so far? How has my offseason been? Uh, do you have an offseason? You don't have an offseason. We don't have an offseason uh, around here. We don't really have. Uh, I mean, we still do this show five yeah, days a week. Every day. You know, in the, yeah, in the middle of... of whether there's baseball news to talk about or not. Yeah. My, um, my favorite thing is is when people we know in the industry actually look at us and say, how? And we say, <laughs> we don't know. But <laughs> uh, we know that our offseason wasn't as good as some teams in the NL West. And we wanted to take a look at uh, ranking the NL West teams and how they did on their offseason moves. Of course, we are very much uh, in favor and, and fans of what the Arizona Diamondbacks did. But let's start out with uh, who we think had the worst offseason in the National League West. And actually, I, I, I mean, I don't I don't think this was up for debate, but it, it, <laughs> it was kind of weird for uh, us to be throwing the Dodgers name around in this category a little bit. But of course, uh, this dubious honor goes to the Colorado Rockies. You Why, why are you hating on... Uh... <laughs> Are you hating on Jose Urania bring, oh, bringing Jesse. him back? They, they signed Pierce Johnson, Derek. Who? I don't know what uh, Connor Seabold. They got Johnson, in a trade. You're messing with me. That's a that's a guy that played James Bond at one point, right? That's not a baseball player. <laughs> I believe that's a baseball Jeff player. Jeff Criswell. Jeff Criswell. These are real players, Derek. I, I promise you. I don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> Nolan Jones. Okay. Nolan Jones is actually a pretty decent prospect. He might be the best one. He might be the most interesting player that the Colorado Rockies acquired this offseason. They got him in a trade with the Guardians. Uh, Former highly touted prospect. I don't know if he's quite at that level yet or or anymore. 
but he did play some games with the Guardians last year at the, in the big leagues. He's only 24 years old. So Nolan Jones is kind of interesting, but he's not like uh, the other Nolan that uh, was in the Rockies organization not that Man, long ago. So. Imagine following it up with the same name, right? Like that's <laughs> just a rough act to follow. Uh, they also lose fan favorite Connor Joe this offseason. They did lose As Connor well Joe. as a bunch of other names. Garrett Hampson, Chad Cole, Carlos Estevez, Jose Iglesias. They definitely lost more than they added. But they have Chris Bryant, right? So that's enough for them to be a winner. It's just bizarre. I, I don't know if anyone fully understands what the Colorado Rockies are, are doing at this point. Uh, last year, I think the Rockies ownership their front office was coming out saying they were trying to compete i think this last year was kind of a reality check for them where they realized like oh you know even if chris bryant was a, a seven war player they're not a playoff team right or anywhere close to that at this point and i think they're very solidly supplanted in in last place in the nl west i don't think there's really any getting around that that for them at this point so at this point, the Rockies are kind of coming out and acknowledging, like, yes, we understand that what we've been doing hasn't worked so well. Their farm system has taken a step forward, so I, I guess that's kind of what you're hanging your hat on if you're a Rockies fan. But, but yeah, in terms of the major league roster, not not great, yeah, not I, a great offseason. I don't, I don't know what they're doing, and I know that Colorado Rockies fans are furious about that, right? It's something that we talked about with the Arizona Diamondbacks in the past and where they were at in the past, where there was times uh, where, where they didn't have many good players on this team, their farm system didn't look very good, and everything kind of looked like a, a, a disaster. This was when, uh, you know, Yasmani Tomas was still part of part of uh, the franchise and before Mike Hazen took over, but uh, I often would say Mike Hazen was given, like, it was like a house party and he was given a broken vase to put back together before the parents got home <laughs> and he did his best. You might see a couple of cracks or whatever, but he tried his best and it, it resembled a vase and it held water again, Jesse. <laughs> yes, sure. It wasn't the same vase it was before it got broken, but no things are right. And uh, Mike Hazen did his best to put this organization back together. I Honestly, Mike Hazen inherited kind of a lot of talent, I think. I mean, the D, there's a reason the D-backs were able to get back into the postseason so quickly. And I think it's because there was a lot of talent that was already here. Like, look at look at the offseason moves that Mike Hazen made in his first, his first offseason, right? As GM of the Diamondbacks. That was the year, I, I believe that's when the Diamondbacks acquired uh, Cattell Marte when they made that trade with, with the Mariners. They got Taiwan Walker. But... It wasn't Cattell Marte and Taiwan Walker that put the D-backs in the playoff picture in 2017, right? It was A.J. Pollock. It was Paul Goldschmidt. It was Robbie Ray. It was Zach Greinke, who was already here. I don't know. No. I think Mike Hazen actually had it okay as no. far as as far as GM situations go. I don't think you remember how bad the offseason or the, the farm system was ranked at that point. That's I fair. don't think you That's realize fair. how many bad contracts they had including a Zach Granke contract that not many people were fond of at that time. True. You know, but he turned out to be pretty darn good the next year. So fine. <laughs> fine. I mean, look back at his 2017 numbers. I think it's a little better than fine, fine Derek. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> uh, but again, uh, you know, a big part of that, uh, Shelby Miller, who's now a Los Angeles Dodger. And uh, I don't know if we agree on this one as much, but would you say the Los Angeles Dodgers are the next uh, next team in the National League West? 
Are you really like, are we really previewing the Dodgers offseason by just mentioning Shelby Miller's Correct. name and yes, then nobody else? It. Okay. Yeah, that's all. Because that's what feels like all they did. That's what it feels like all they did. <laughs> they didn't do much. I mean, they they definitely didn't do much. Uh, when I was making our, our little list of of players who who came in to each of these teams and players who left each of these teams over the offseason, the list of players that the Dodgers lost is very, very long, uh, right? They lost Tyler Anderson. They lost Trey Turner, Andrew Heaney, Craig Kimbrell, Chris Martin, Joey Gallo, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, obviously Trevor Bauer, although that's a whole other story. Um, there's a lot that the Dodgers lost, and they didn't replace it with much, right? As you mentioned, Shelby Miller, interesting piece for, for their bullpen. Uh, they did re-sign Clayton Kershaw for another year. They brought in J.D. Martinez, uh, they brought in Noah Syndergaard. They made a trade for Miguel Rojas with the Miami Marlins. None of those moves are going to replace a Trey Turner, right? Uh, or even a Justin Turner necessarily. Although I guess J.D. Martinez, maybe you maybe you still look at him as that guy. Um, the Dodgers got worse. I don't think there's any way around that. But when you win well over 100 games, you can kind of afford to do that. So... And I think that honestly, the one thing that they know now is that winning 110 games is kind of meaningless if you don't have yeah. a good playoff run and you right. can't put things together. Uh, they did add Miguel Rojas, and that was one move that was pretty damn good, to be honest. Uh, I think that's going to end up making them uh, a better team. But uh, it was kind of weird how like that move maneuver, I believe, put them over the the uh, first uh, competitive yeah. balance tax. Threshold. It looked like they were trying to avoid being in the luxury tax, which would which would kind of reset the clock in their tax bill next year would become lower as a result. Uh, but yeah, by acquiring Miguel Rojas, they're now back over that. I don't see them trading off players to get back under it um, before the season starts. Although it is important to note that you know, your your tax bill is calculated at the end of the season. So where the where the Dodgers ah, stand right now technically doesn't matter. If they were to sell off some players at the trade deadline, they could still get under that. But are we really going to sit here and say the Dodgers are going to be sellers in a few months? No, no, no. I, I don't know if I buy that. No, I don't either. Uh, I will say that they didn't really, outside of J.D. Martinez and Noah Syndergaard, they didn't really add too many household names. Um, J.P. Fireason, is that how you say it? Uh, Fire Eisen, I believe, I believe it yeah. is. Um, I might be, I might be, I literally looked that up before the show and, and now it's eluding me. I want to yeah. say that's accurate. But he could, uh, he could end up being a special piece for them. He hasn't really been too proven and he's injured until. Until like the all-star break right. probably. Uh, have you, uh, have you seen, uh, his ERA? Yes. Yeah. What, what was his ERA? In, zero. In, it was zero. It was zero. He has an ERA of zero. In, in, and it's not like it's two or three innings. It he, was like. 10 games or something like that, right? He, uh, 24.1 innings yeah, altogether. Yeah, yeah. He had an ERA of 0.00, uh, which is wild. But yeah, he he's had some fairly significant shoulder issues uh, that will keep him out until the All-Star break. And there's certainly some questions about his health beyond that. And you brought these guys up. But when you look at the guys that the Dodgers lost, it is just, it's almost a team itself, a, a pretty fairly a competitive pretty, pretty darn team, good team. Right? <laughs> uh, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Jimmy Nelson, Hanser Alberto, Joey Gallo, Tyler Anderson, Trey Turner, Craig Kimbrell, Chris Martin. Like the list goes on. They lost a lot of guys. And I know that they strongly believe in their farm system. Yeah. So I think that this was one of those maneuvers also to not block their young players from coming up. Uh, you know, That's we were, what it's all about for me is they they want Miguel Vargas to have 
you know, a full season where he can grow and develop. And he's a really good prospect for them. They want Dustin May, you know, to not be blocked out of a spot in the rotation if he's healthy. So there is a case to be made, you know, like the Dodgers for a number of years have kind of been blocking their prospects, like making it a little hard for their prospects to get a lot of playing time. Well, because they have, you know, like it's almost like it's set. They have an idea and then they go out and acquire Trey Turner. They go out and they acquire, you know. Some some amazing star pitcher, and they they have had uh, a bull or they've had a, a farm system that has been highly ranked, if not ranked at the top. Yeah, uh, over the Keith last Law has it as years. his best farm system yeah. in baseball still, which is which is insane. Right, um, but again, it, it remains to be seen if they were smart about not going out and picking up any more talent, or if this gives the Diamondbacks a rare opportunity to make a run at the division. Uh, it's still a difficult division. There's still very good teams in here. And uh, honestly, the next team could could be the D-backs. You know, it could be mm. the Giants. I think it's the Giants. Uh, I feel like it's the Giants because I still feel like the Giants, even though that they did add much more than either of the teams we've talked about before, I don't know what they're I, I don't know what they're doing anymore. I really don't. I mean, it, that's one thing that when we get to the D-backs, I'm very confident about. But it feels like the D-backs have a direction. I feel like the D-backs are going somewhere where we can see it. The roadmap is kind of laid out yeah. and we understand what they're doing. It's weird when you get to be one of these franchises that aren't very good and then you kind of make a run at trying to be better with some, you know, few free agent pickups and bringing in guys, but realistically, your your timeline based on your younger players and the guys you picked up is kind of all over the place and, you know, who knows how this is going to impact the Giants. I still think Sean Manaya is an incredible pitcher and they picked up Sean Manaya. Ross Stripling, another very, very good pitcher. So I think that the Giants went out and they they made they they got better at, at pitching, in my opinion. It's it's an interesting situation because it, it's hard to look at all these guys that the Giants brought in and and think that they had a terrible offseason. I mean, Michael Conforto's really interesting still. Mitch Hanniger? Yeah, Mitch Hanniger. Obviously, he's had the the injury issues, but when healthy, he's one of the better corner outfielders in the game, I think. It's hard to look at all those names. And the fact that the Giants didn't really lose much this offseason and look at their offseason as a failure. And yet somehow I, I kind of do. Somehow I kind of still well, view the Giants offseason as a failure. In, 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 in a way, like I want to give them credit for the effort on what they attempted to do. They tried. But it, they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't land the big names that they wanted to land. And right. had they landed a Carlos Correa, there is no doubt in my mind that this team would be much higher in the National League West, if not at the top. To be honest, like adding Carlos Correa and maybe one other starting pitcher to this list. And the only things they lost really are Brandon Belt. That's the only player of substance they lost. Shelby Miller. They lost Carlos Rodon, actually. Car- they Carlos- lost Carlos Rodon. Oh, yeah. He's not on your list. He's not on my list. You yeah. Fucking you sold me out. <laughs> Carlos Rodon is a huge loss. Uh, actually, Carlos Rodon is a significant it's, loss. It's yeah. a very significant loss, right? But uh, still, I feel like, you know, they did get two solid starting pitchers, they got some solid outfielders. Like, they, 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 it looks on paper, like Jesse said, like they improved and they did. I think they did get better. They just didn't get as, they didn't, you know, make that jump that they were attempting to make. Yeah. It was kind of a two steps forward, one and a half steps back kind yeah. of a, kind yeah. of a deal. It's right. not, not the kind of thing that I think really pushes them much closer into the playoff picture than they already were. Now, I don't know where we're going to go here, but we have two teams left. We have the San Diego Padres and we have the Arizona Diamondbacks. I am going to say, I personally think the Arizona Diamondbacks had the best offseason in the National League West. 
Uh, and I'm going to make that claim based on the fact of what I said earlier. I think the Diamondbacks have really made a decisive uh, choice on, on the direction they're going and who their core is. I think they pulled off a trade that unfortunately sent one of their most productive players out of here, and that's probably their biggest loss this offseason. Yeah, is Dalton no doubt. Show. No doubt. But they pulled off a trade that just doesn't happen. In, in baseball, you don't. And when it does, the Diamondbacks are usually on the other fucking end of it where we're giving up one of our top prospects for somebody else instead of the other way around. So it feels good on this and in this instance for them to be the one that got Gabriel Moreno, who we loved. And we had talked we have talked about him a lot this offseason, long before the Diamondbacks acquired him, because the trade with the Toronto Blue Jays made the most sense for both teams, and that's the trade that ends up happening, right? Yeah. You get back a quality player in Lourdes Goriel Jr. that honestly has a great bat and could very much help this team win ball games. You talk about trading Cooper Hummel for Kyle Lewis, uh, signing Miguel Castro, signing Scott McGuff. There's a lot of underrated bullpen moves, I think, that were made because these guys aren't really proven. We don't know a lot about them, and uh, because they're not, again, household names or the big relievers on the market that a lot of analysts were saying were the top available relievers, it doesn't really look like they uh, they fixed their bullpen as much as they as they did. But I mean, I, I I feel like the additions are quality, and I also think that they the Diamondbacks, much like the Dodgers, are going to turn to their young, you know, up and coming pitchers to fill that role in the bullpen and I, I don't know if it was worth that for them to give a contract to a guy to potentially block those guys from having that opportunity in the bullpen there's way too many starting pitchers on this on this starting rotation now so it's only it's only inevitable that guys get moved to the pen and it's good chance it could be the young guys like Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson depending on how everybody performs I do like what Tori said yesterday which is he really doesn't know at all how this pitching situation yeah. is going to turn out because it, it literally is a competition for them right now. And I feel like they're, they're creating a, a great environment to kind of define who the best in their rotation is going to be. Clutch Canuck says at least the Giants got Arson Judge. They did get Arson Judge. That's fair. I feel like we almost, in, in our like list for the Giants, we almost yeah. could have said that the Giants lost Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa. Yeah. Yeah. Because it honestly yeah. felt like that. No, you're right. Yeah, going back, that's that's again, that's the other one too, right? I forgot all about Arson Judge, but uh, yeah, the, I mean, they gained Arson Judge, but they lost, lost Aaron, Aaron Judge. Judge. Yeah. So yeah. I think they yeah. got the short right. end but of that I mean, deal. Mostly, uh, they, they tried, tried. You can't. You, they did. They more, did try. They, they did, did try. try. And I guess I don't know. Is it worse to try and fail, or is it is it worse <laughs> to be like the Dodgers? And it, the Dodgers might have attempted to make moves, but we don't know about those moves. Yeah, they were. I mean, it's they not, were reported as being interested in in Aaron Judge, and, and you well, know, and Dodgers, basically everyone. Yeah, they're always going to check. They were but gonna, they were in on Carlos Correa, right? They, we it didn't sound point. like they ever got too far sure. down sure. down that road, right? Though. And and that's the thing is, is that even if they did, we don't know about it. So it doesn't look as bad for them as it does for the Giants swinging and missing on all of those, but, right? Uh, as far as the the D backs and, and the Padres, it's it's close. It's pretty close yeah. for me. The thing is, the Padres got Sander Bogarts, and regardless of how you feel about, you know, handing a guy as old as Bogarts is, which he's not that old, but giving anyone an 11-year ages contract. Him. Ages him from the sky. An 11-year contract is sort of a scary thing, no, right? Bogart, right? Bogarts won't be a free agent until he's 41 years old, which is 
interesting. That that is a bold move on <laughs> on the part of the San Diego Padres. They yeah. did it intentionally, right, to try to spread out the money, uh, lower the hit uh, against their uh, the luxury tax threshold every every year. Um, but yeah, I I think the th- the difference between the D backs and the Padres that I see is the Padres gained Bogarts. They didn't really lose that much. If you look at the guys the Padres lost. I guess they did lose some some pieces they acquired at the deadline, you know, and Josh Bell and Brandon Drury. Don't think we were necessarily expecting to, them to get those guys back. Other than that, Sean Manaya, still an interesting pitcher, but not not the guy that he seemed to be with them uh, a year or two ago. Mike Clevenger, they also lost, who of course is going through this interesting situation with the White Sox that we talked about the other day. Don't think they're losing a whole lot there. So. They just didn't lose that much, and they got one of the best players in baseball in in Xander Bogarts, and that's why if you look at projection systems, uh, pretty much all of them have the San Diego Padres as the best team in baseball right now. Everything that we've seen pretty much suggests that they didn't need to make a whole bunch of moves like they've had to make in the past, uh, whereas the D-backs are, are trying to move the ball forward, right? They're trying to get better. I'm not sure if the guys that they brought in compared with with losing, you know, Dalton Varsho in particular, I'm not quite sure if they if they move the ball forward quite as much as the Padres did. I think the loss of Dalton Varsho, like, and and I didn't mean to even word that yesterday because obviously you don't replace Varsho. I wanted to ask Tori about replacing Varsho's production and where they're going yeah. to get that production from, obviously. Um, but I will say that Varsho is uh, is an incredible talent. And it hurts to lose him. I will say. Varsho, one thing we talked about with him was he was going to start to get expensive through arbitration with his performance and everything That's true. like that. And I think that the Diamondbacks just were able to maneuver a guy that's very good uh, for another guy who's also very good that's just a little bit younger. And I think right. the fact that we saw the one thing we've been wanting to over the two seasons that we've been covering this together has been the fact that now you know who the core is. And now it's to see if those guys can perform and if they can come together as a team and win, right? Uh, I want to see Gabriel Moreno get lots of playing time. I want to see Alec and Corbin and Jake McCarthy out there. I want to see, honestly, Dre Jamison, Ryan Nelson, and Brandon Fott all in the starting rotation. It doesn't, I don't know for Wouldn't sure. Wouldn't that be wild if it, at some oh, point man. during the season, if all three of those guys was in the rotation? I don't know how that happens. I mean, it probably has to be in an injury or two. It, it probably wouldn't be a great situation necessarily, but it, it would be kind of fun to watch. Here's the thing, though, Jesse, is that at least if we get that, right? If, if I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to cause that because, like, again, Tori's comments yesterday, I, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, Madison Bumgardner is competing for a job in the starting rotation right that's fair if the idea here is that they really are going to find you know the the best players in their system to be part of the starting rotation it's an exciting idea that it's open to to everybody right right i feel like zach davies is you know was maybe promised he's gonna be in the starting right because like why would he resign with this team if there was the possibility that he could become a bullpen arm when that's not you're always gonna say going into spring training you know nothing is nothing is guaranteed you have to earn everything right Mm -hmm. you're always gonna go into spring training with that mindset as a player as an organization um but yeah i mean zach Davies is gonna be in the rotation zach gallon's gonna be in the rotation merrill kelly's gonna be in the rotation and yeah madison bumgarner's probably gonna be in the rotation unless he really really struggles in spring training 
in which case I, I could see the D-backs making, making a hard choice there. Uh, but, I mean, let me be clear about the, the Varsho trade. I like the the Dalton Varsho trade for the D-backs. I think it was I think it was the right move in the grand scheme of things. You you lost a great player, but you're you're getting Gabriel Moreno, uh, the type of player who doesn't really get traded in this game, right? Being as highly touted of a prospect as he was in Toronto, he's an asset that we identified early in the offseason as a as a great get for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They went out and they made it happen. I think it's a good trade. It's just that I'm not sure. We, we entered the offseason thinking the D-backs were about an 82-83 win team. At least that's what some of the projection systems were suggesting. Are they an 88-win team now because of their offseason? I don't know if I believe that. Because you kind of took, with that Varsho trade, even though I like it in the long term, you lost one of uh, you lost one of your best players, if not your best player, from a year ago. At least your best position player. And it's really hard to lose a guy like that if you're a below 500 team and come back the next year and and suddenly be in the playoff picture, you know, um, which was kind of always an ambitious goal for this for this team going into the offseason. I don't think we necessarily expected that. Um, but if you're comparing the D-backs and the Dodgers or the D-backs and the Padres, I think you have to consider like how much did they actually improve? How much is that win total pushing upward from where we expected it to go? I'm not sure how much that numbers move this offseason. Uh, well, I will say this. Uh, now, we do have uh, plenty of more talk about this before we get to the season, but I think that realistically it depends on see how, how that role gets filled. Uh, Varsho not being there anymore, if we miss him defensively, that's yeah. another big part about his performance, right, that, that doesn't get brought up nearly enough is how good he was defensively. But A lot of it depends on how Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy perform next yeah, year. Yeah. If those two guys come in, and look great, I don't think you miss Dalton Varsho that much. Yeah. Um, but if one or both of them seems to be taking a step back, then you're like, oh man, we don't have any guarantees in the outfield all of a sudden. We've got Corbin Carroll, right, who's, who's played 30 games in the big leagues, and we've got two outfielders that we weren't necessarily so sure about, right? So there's just a huge range of outcomes there in the outfield. And honestly, there's still some guys in, in the minors that are still very good outfielders, not to mention a guy named Drew Jones coming down that if you really – you know, want to take your time and wait and not make any big moves, you know that you are going to have your future outfield, you know, here before we know it. Same thing with shortstop. Like the Diamondbacks could have made a move for Xander Bogarts, but if it was going to yeah. be that long-term of a move, what's the point when you have Jordan Lawler, you know, here in, in maybe a season, you know, maybe everyone was just so confused when that rumor first came out. Yeah. Like, don't the D-backs yeah. have like the we best shortstop prospect in baseball? We already got a guy. We're good. Uh, well, we thank you guys for being here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Of course, if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we or any of the other shows on the network go live. Smash that like button. It makes Jesse's day. Of course, really if you are listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app, make sure to subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. We always appreciate you doing so. And get yourself a PHNX Diehards membership. Uh, it not only gets you a free piece of merch from the phnxlocker.com every single year you're a member, you also get 20% off all your future purchases as well as all sorts of other benefits. Uh, PHNX Diehard uh, merch only, that beautiful jacket that's for diehards only, as well as get yourself uh, some of our uh, partners uh, and, and events. We got exclusive events for members coming up as well as discounts on those events. Our members only Discord, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. And of course, the diehard only uh, newsletter and content that you can get from our writers like Jesse, Gerald, uh, Howard, and Craig Morgan. 
I love Craig Morgan, by the way. He's one of my favorite people around here today. We and him had a great chat, uh, and he was very, very uh, excited about the Tory interview. He thought he thought Tory was great yesterday, and I couldn't couldn't disagree one bit with him. Uh, but the most important thing here is you guys got to send Jesse idea. Jesse's traveling all around the goddamn city to pick up furniture. <laughs> he wanted me to pick up furniture for him, and that's absurd. Like I don't even do that. <laughs> for myself, <laughs> let alone, am I going to do it for Jesse? But he did take, he did ride the full 101 circuit loop. So yeah, I'm proud of you yeah, for that. I really, what was your time on that? Did you get it done under an hour? <laughs> not with the traffic not that was happening traffic, yesterday. No, no. Right. but what I'm just saying, Derek, this accent chair was, was much closer to your house than it was to mine. I, know. Well, so. see, I don't care. I'm not driving it all the way to your <laughs> new place. I know how far that is. But of course, if you need furniture, don't do what Jesse's doing. Go out and get your furniture at morefurniture.com. Uh, it is the best place to get your furniture. You can get white glove delivery service, so you don't have to worry about taking that that armoire up a stairs or anything else like that. You save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Uh, and speaking of more, we have more winners. We have more stuff to give away. The stuff isn't in here right now, but we have four prize packages. And I wanted to first uh, thank the birthday girl. It is the end of her birthday week. Sorry, it's a wrap now, Chris, but <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday week to you. And we thank you very much uh, for sharing so many of your wonderful uh, season tic ticket holder goodies with us so that we can in turn share them with everyone out there. Uh, we've drawn some winners and we have some winners to announce on this very show. Actually, I was in the middle of getting our last one. So, Jesse, why don't you... Uh, you want me to entertain the people? Why don't you entertain the folks for a minute? Uh, <laughs> you guys speak amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. Garbanzo beans are neither uh, beans nor garbanzos. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, no, chickpeas. Chickpeas are neither chicks nor peas. Go ahead. I, I personally don't really like garbanzo beans as like a, a topping. Um, there, there, I, I'm not going to name this family member, but there was a, a particular family member... Um, <laughs> who, why are you who, like this? Why are you who, like this? Who will remain unnamed? <laughs> and uh, at some point, uh, while COVID was was wrecking the universe, uh, I was staying with said family member, and I swear everything had garbanzo beans on it. Just everything. Um, that sounds great. It sounds. You great really if you're think? Me. I I don't know. It, like I'm a big hummus guy, but uh, but garbanzo beans alone, I'm not I'm not feeling it. All right. I don't know. All right. Damon, how do you how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about garbanzo? Beans? I can't say that I've ever had them, but my you thoughts. Had hummus? No, I've had hummus, but not garbanzo. Okay. Oh, garbanzo beans. similar that's like that's similar that's style. Gotcha. Beans. I will say though that Jesse is absolute electricity. That explanation you give him a random topic and he just immediately he just off the it. bat yeah. just killed that. That's why that's why I like working with this guy because he does all the heavy lifting around here and then I just can sit here and pick winners. Well, I've had some prizes. traumatic experiences with garbanzo. Traumatic beans, so experiences. It, Are just, we going to get into those? It's just every time I'm eating a salad over there, man. And I'm enjoying the salad, and then I get to the bottom, and there's garbanzo beans. That's there's the always best part. garbanzo beans. I don't understand. Beans. I don't understand. Oh man! I um, will answer a, a question that was asked in the chat. Uh, someone asked Pedro, I think it was asked, uh, when does Jordan Lawler get to the big leagues? We've talked about that on a, a couple of different occasions in the last few months. I think it's possible that Jordan Lawler is an Arizona Diamondback in September. Um, it'd be pretty bold to to see it happening any any sooner than that. He's going to open the year in Double A. I think he has a lot to prove at Double A, given that he he did play some games there last year. Didn't look so great. Did look really good in the fall league, but um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a similar path as is what Corbin Carroll followed last season, opening the year in Double A, 
getting up to AAA if things go well, and then ultimately getting to the big leagues in late August. I could see Jordan Lawler following that path if if things go well in the minors. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. That's kind of the time frame that I think that we have determined for him. And I think that, honestly, at this point, it's kind of fine if that doesn't end up happening right. I mean, it's, it's kind of like uh, with Corbin Carroll this year where – we were very excited to see him, but if his debut had to hold off until next year, uh, it wasn't the worst thing, uh, or until 2023. I just think that that experience, getting that little month out of the way where you get all of your, all of us windbags coming to your locker and bothering you about <laughs> coming to the big leagues and what it's like. It takes at least a month to just get used to you bothering people in me, the clubhouse. Me yeah, just, just Derek in particular. So, yeah, we're that. glad that Corbin Carroll got that out of the way last year. He can just kind of ease his way into the big leagues now. I introduced <laughs> myself to Corbin Carroll when the Diamondbacks were doing one of their uh, charity events during the holiday season. And he looked at me like I was crazy and said, yeah, I, I know you. And uh, like I don't get that from ball players. Catel Marte has met me 672 times. He still introduces himself to me every single time. every single time. He's like, "Hey, mucho gusto, Catel." I'm like, "Dude, come on, man." All right, uh, I got some winners, and we're gonna announce them. Uh, we got four winners for four prize packages, and our first winner is Matt Dresser at Dresser 1995 uh, on Twitter. So congratulations, Matt. Uh, our next winner is Scott Berger of friend of mine. I love Scott. Scott's a great guy here in the Valley. Huge sports fan. So congratulations, Scott. Uh, and then our next two winners are Santino Bambino three on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, that's, at, a, that's a heck of a, that's heck a good of one. Santino right Bambino three. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, and then at AZ baby backs with an X. So congratulations. If this is you, congrats. Uh, we'll be in contact with all the winners, but again, thank you to everybody for retweeting, entering the contest, being uh, a listener, being a viewer. What whatever category you uh, qualify yourself as, we appreciate you. Are guys. we doing what we did last time, where where people have to people have to like be in the chat, like oh, unless, no. unless no, they're here? No, not doing that. We're I gonna be that. We're gonna be rule. so nice this time. Yeah, oh my gosh, Jesse! You know what Jesse <laughs> said to me in a text message? He said we already hit five thousand. Why are we giving stuff away? Listen <laughs> to this monster! Like as if I didn't promise that before we were at five thousand followers on Twitter. Uh, he's an we, absolute. We have a, we have a responsibility to follow through on our promises. So, uh, yeah, you know. I, I do. I, that's why I did so many photoshops yesterday about Abnet, <laughs> Jesse. I said every ten retweets. I mean every ten retweets. People were like, "You're still going?" Yes, I'm still going. When I say something, I mean it. God damn it! I, I'm pretty sure if you look back at the number of retweets it has now, I think you're about six or no, seven no, photoshops but, behind. But why? But... Why do I have to do that? This is my life now. Do I have to just do this until the end of time? There's a lot you're... of people on Twitter. What if I get a million retweets? I have to do that many goddamn photoshops. I'm not having it. Oh, uh, anyway. To be fair, you were kind of out of like. You'd kind of blown up the Abnet logo as we much as big, humanly possible. I, I thought it would be boring if we just made little increments. Maybe if you just like, start back at the beginning maybe. and go slower well, this see, time, then you it could work. You, Jesse's never seen Men in Black, so he doesn't understand how this story ended. So, no, of course, no, at no, this I point, don't. we could move on to one of the aliens wearing Zach Gallon's jersey with a patch on it, and then the whole <laughs> thing starts all over again. But, uh, of course, I want to give a shout-out to our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You know this is the week to download it. If you haven't done it already and you want to make that Super Bowl more fun, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Build yourself a Super Bowl parlay and win some money. Uh, of course, we are riding with the Eagles uh, in the Super Bowl. That's what we're doing over here. Uh, Philadelphia people, I hate to tell you this, no good cheesesteaks here. I hope you like Chicago food. 
Um, that's all I'm saying. Mexican food, Chicago food. Uh, if you if you enjoy that particular cuisine, then you should be all right in here. But don't go looking for a good cheesesteak. You're not going to find one. Uh, but I will say, Eagles, they're going to destroy the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I've never I'm as I'm as positive about that as Keith Law was about Corbin Carroll hitting 25 home runs. And I have that's, nothing to that's, base that that's on. That's pretty but positive. Anyway. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our code of PHNX. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. And you know what? I've already told you guys. I don't think it's going to happen. But grab the Game Time app. Tap in on Super Bowl Sunday. See what's available. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying tickets are going to be available, but what I'm saying is there's a chance that they might be available. <laughs> and I don't like this guy. Espo's out here mocking me and my hand gestures. <laughs> I don't like him at all. He's not a good friend at all. But anyway. Uh, you He's doing a really good job of that. I, don't I like, to don't. Say. <laughs> See, You say that, and now I like you less. But uh, Jesse, of course, he raves about the Game Time app, and that's where he buys all of his tickets. He won't buy. He won't come to your show if you don't have tickets on the Game Time app. That's that's a fact. He most likely won't come to your show, regardless. But he won't come to your show if you don't have <laughs> tickets on there. You really uh, portrayed me as quite a villain in this. Episode oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm still mad. I'm still very mad about uh, the it, the whole the whole fucking patch idea was Jesse's idea. So he he roped me into a lifetime <laughs> of photoshopping on, on our account, but. You make sure to save up to 60% on tickets when you buy tickets last minute through the Game Time app. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description below. Uh, we got, we hope you guys have a happy Friday. Thank you so much for stopping by. On behalf of Damon, Jesse, and myself, we always appreciate you being here. You you need to apologize to Tori Lavello before we go. I'm, I'm not. After what you did I'm yesterday? I refuse, to, I refuse to apologize. Okay. To that, All I'm right. Saying. Uh, but I will say this, that uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Uh, Sean DePaz, who's under our table right now. Sean DePaz is currently. Uh, yeah. hey, there he is. I'm pretty sure uh, Sean was untying my shoe yeah, just now. He was tying them together, I think. He was doing one of those. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, See, we're trying to do a show. and This is the distractions we got to deal with. Jesse's at Jesse N. Friedman. I barely remembered that. Sean's at Sean DePaz. Fucking Totri's in here, too, for some fucking reason. But, of course, uh, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. All roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys again so much for being here. On behalf of all of these uh, jabronis in here, I appreciate your time. <laughs> and remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when the MLB holds a combine.